Um, and the courts determined that the Liberals had engaged effectively in election fraud. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach, and I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. So today, I've actually got down on the podcast. Um, we're all feeling a little bit helpless with these the massive Australian fires, and I wanted to get Dad on because, I mean, I'm not very politically – what's the word? What's the word, Dad? Savvy. Savvy, educated, screwed on, that sort of stuff. But Dad helps dumb down things for me, and I understand things only because of him. And so I wanted you all to be able to understand things because of him as well, because um, I feel like things just on the news get very confusing and distorted, and we don't know what to believe. So – if you haven't listened to episode 28, um, that was a, a, a talk with dad as well about what's really going on below the like the surface that we see in like the media and stuff with politics. But we went even further in it. We rocked the fucking boat. There was no fear of not rocking the boat. Like there was some good little hint, hint, nudge, nudge without actually saying the stuff in there. So listen carefully. It is a long episode, but it's jam packed with things that you could be doing so that we are not just having this band aid from like a band-aid effect post the fires, but actually making change forever, forever, getting these dick munchers out of politics and having people that have ethical and moral standards in there. So please, 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 from the bottom of my heart, share this episode share it. All you need to do, if you're listening to it on Spotify, you can actually really easily share it to your Instagram story. Um, but if you can just screenshot it and put it on your Instagram story, it takes guys five seconds, right? If you can fucking put a picture of your dog on your Instagram story, you can screenshot this shit. It will allow other people to then feel a little bit less helpless, to have a bit more education, to actually know what the fuck is going on in politics that isn't being put on the media, but dad knows about. Um, so please share this episode on Facebook, email it, text it to your friends. I don't care what you do. Share it, share it, share it. Um, because the only way that we're going to be able to make some changes is if people get this information so that we can make um, massive change. Now, there's some references that we talk about in the podcast episode. They're all going to be linked in the description. If they're not there already, it's because Shelby hasn't gotten to it yet because I'm posting this literally straight after we've recorded it. So check back in in a couple of days. Um, and if you have any questions, I know you can follow dad on Twitter. He does have an Instagram page and I'm going to get him more into Instagram. If you've got questions though, you can send them to me and I'll just ask him for a reply. Um, but I hope this helps answer a lot of your questions and thank you all for sending them in. Hello everybody and welcome back to my podcast. Today for the second time we've got dad here. Um, Oliver Yates is his name and the reason why I've been kind of asking can you come back on can you come back on because I understand that right now with the fires in Australia and just with the way the whole like political situation is it's really confusing and for a lot of us we're feeling helpless we don't know what to do besides donate and um, there's obviously there is more that we can do but we aren't talking about it because we don't a lot of us don't actually know. Um, you know, I wouldn't know a lot of these things unless I, I, sorry, I wouldn't know a lot of these things if I didn't have dad as a dad, but because I've got him, he explains a lot of things to me. Now I am by no means politically that savvy or all that educated, um, which for me is like kind of an advantage in terms of this podcast, because 
we're going to dumb things down. If I understand it, you'll understand it basically. So um, in today's podcast, we are going to be talking about the, the fires, the kind of fucked up political scenario that we have on, that we have right now, what we can actually do to stop these fires forever and not just a band-aid effect. Um, and then whatever else kind of comes up. So Dad, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Nice um, to be here again. Yes, and I think, Dad, if you haven't listened to Dad's previous episode, it was towards the beginning of my series. Uh, I'll, we'll link it in the description. So the first question, actually, to start right now, Dad, with the fires. So obviously, they're really horrendous. I read something this morning saying they're not going to stop until March or April. Just first thing that comes to mind, what are your thoughts about the fires right now? Uh, well, unfortunately, the fires were pretty predictable. Um, they're absolutely caused by climate change and a rise in temperatures. Our, our, in, our landscape has had fires, you know, and, it, and we had them periodically, and we've had some pretty extensive fires from time to time. But we all know uh, we live in an environment um, with lots and lots of eucalypts, and we also know that when they're under stress and they're particularly dry, which is what we've been seeing with a drying climate and also increasing temperatures. I mean, last year was the hottest year on record. Every year over the last 10 years, it's almost been hotter and hotter and hotter. Um, you end up with much worse fires. And uh, this is a trend which will continue and which was well known to the government um, well before these fires started. So the main, the main thing to really understand is that... Um, Scientists have been talking about this desperate concern that they've had about escalating fire risk. And we do have sensible long-range forecasts. And back in April this year, the fire chiefs and the ex-fire chiefs with 650 years of experience all wrote to the Prime Minister, explaining to them what they expected and this fire season. And nothing was done. Nothing was done. And they even refused, the Prime Minister or any of his staff refused to meet with the, the ex-fire chiefs to understand how they should plan for this fire season because they were personally and directly concerned with their experience about how bad this fire season was. Okay, so why don't we know about this? Why isn't this, like, why does it take us having these raging fires for us to even look at the idea of, hmm, maybe our Prime Minister isn't the guy that he puts himself out to be? Well, like, why aren't we hearing about this shit? And I know you know a lot of it, and why, why aren't we hearing about it? Well, I think a lot of people do know um, that the government was forewarned about this, and a lot of people um, do understand the science of climate change and yeah. the fact that increasing temperatures will lead to increasing droughts and things dry out under increasing temperatures. And yeah. it's not difficult to work out that you go to gum trees and they're a lot drier and you have a, li a lightning event or a fire event, they will be stronger and they'll be more intense. Um, this is pure rational science that's playing out. The question is, is people wanted to ignore it? People don't want to believe that this is the impact, but there's nothing surprising in this impact. The fires are horrific, but when you have average temperatures much higher than what they were and you have a drought season like we've had, um, uh, it is very well known that this was likely to be a horrific year for fires, which is the reason why the fire chiefs spent a lot of time trying to brief the government and get the government to prepare for this fire season that they expected to be horrific and actually has proved to be probably even worse than their expectation. Fuck, so, right, So they okay. could have been planned for a lot better than what it was. So what about when people say, you know, it's natural, though, to have you know, the different phases where it gets warmer and then, like I was saying the other night, like, oh, the Ice Age, like, and you explain that's 40,000 years or whatever. Yeah, well... Uh, What's uh, the difference between the two? Yeah, the, the thing is, is the change in temperature. Yes, the, the world has changed in temperature over, you know, generally 40,000-year cycles. 
Um, but we've never had a change in temperature as, as as fast as what we are doing it, and we know what it is caused by, and it is caused by trapping heat in the earth, which is caused by the release of greenhouse gases, which basically create a blanket around the earth, and this is, again, nothing more than pure science. We retain more heat in the earth, and as you retain more heat, obviously, what happens if you the sun keeps putting in mm. the same amount of heat every day? Right. And if you end up retaining more heat as a result of having that blanket, you will get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. Um, okay. And that's exactly all that's going on here. It's It's been known for ages. The first, the first uh, it was 1985, um, actually, was the first time the Labor Cabinet, this was brought to the Labor Cabinet in 1985 right. by Barry Jones, that Australia needed to start to take seriously the impacts on our country as a result of man-made climate change. And so man-made climate change, when they talk about that, it is climate change caused by the emissions that man is putting into the atmosphere right. from our coal-fired power stations and our cars and, okay. you know, our ammonia plants and our factories. Um, if they're not running on renewable fuels, then they will be emitting a gas into the atmosphere which is creating a thicker and thicker blanket around the planet. Okay. So obviously this is like... We could get so into the climate change stuff. Yeah. Um, what is the biggest factor for climate change? Because you know you've got people out there saying it's all the it's all the the meat. Like it's because we're eating meat. And then there's also you know the massive companies that pump out the pollution. And there's the cars and the planes. And what's like the biggest factor in climate change? Well, the biggest factor in climate change is is our own actions yep. um, as individuals, as as humans, and the biggest activity that we do. Um, which causes um, the emission of those gases, which cause that blanket effect, yeah. happens to be the production of electricity mm-hmm. through the burning of coal yeah. uh, is currently the largest uh, source of emissions. Okay. But it doesn't mean we don't have very large sources of emissions coming from other um, activities that, that mankind undertakes. I mean, yeah. aircraft emissions are massive. Um the production of ammonia, which is what we use in fertiliser and we use for explosives, is a yeah. massive contributor. Okay. Uh, about the largest cause of emissions is, electricity. is, is the consumption. No, is the, is the consumption of coal. The burning okay. of coal is the largest form of emissions. So that's why, for people that understand why there is a focus on coal, um, is that that is the largest contributor. Got it. That's why more renewable gas, energy. And that's why people talk about coal and they're not okay. wanting to see more coal. Now, there's two types of coal. There's metallurgical coal, which is used for steel production, and there's um, uh, coal used purely for the purposes of burning for electricity. At the moment, there is no economic reason why anybody would be burning uh, coal for electricity production, given how cheap renewables are now. That wasn't the case 10 years ago. Renewables were more expensive, but clearly today renewables are the answer for the production of um, electricity. Right. So that's one part of the challenge yeah. done. But you've got to take this in a in a orchestrated way. You need to yeah. wind down the amount of emissions that we are causing and you need to go sector by sector and you want to reduce emissions in those sectors where you can do it as cheaply as possible. That's yeah. a logical thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You don't pick the most expensive area to reduce emissions. Yeah. You pick the cheapest area to reduce okay. emissions, which is the reason why we'll never be building any more coal-fired power stations and our coal-fired power stations will have to shut down a lot faster than what this government believes. Okay, so... Two things. I want to quickly mention about Adani because I feel like that could maybe come into it really quickly as well. Um, can we just quickly talk about your court case and how – and just like give a little recap to everybody because most people won't have known about that or understood what the point of it was. Okay. So let's quickly go on that, which actually kind of 
so it's a big, comes off our last episode. Yeah, yeah, that's a big, yeah. a big jump. So we're going to move away yeah. from. Well, and then, then we'll do the Q and A. Well, then we'll do then yeah, all the questions. So yeah, to court to the court case. So just so we can get some context of you. Yeah. So um, as people um, or may, may be aware, I obviously stood um, as an independent candidate um, in the seat of Kuyong um, last year, and and I did that predominantly because the year before, at the end of the year before. I was asking people to do everything that they could possibly do uh, and use their skills that they have to try and change uh, our path, in other words, so that we do take climate action. And I thought, well, one of the things that I could do was to try and give people a choice at the election time as to whom they should vote for. So yeah. that's the reason I stood in Kuyong. Um, now, politics is, is normally um, an interest, interesting, but um, an interesting I'd describe <laughs> as uh, what people think is quite ugly, and, and to be honest, it was a very, very ugly campaign. It was super ugly. From yeah. what I experienced, it was really ugly. It was ugly. Um, uh, it was actually a real shock yeah. uh, to me as to how awful um, uh, the parties, in particular the Liberal Party, who was the main opposition, uh, played during the election campaign. Mm. And um, during the election campaign, they did a number of things, but one of them was come out with statements which you know, looked like they were grossly misleading and deceptive, mm. you know, to, to convince voters to vote for them. Yeah. And I challenged them on that point, and uh, they sent me back a legal opinion saying that it's their legal right to be misleading and deceptive um, in relation to the information that they give to people uh, about how they cast their... about how they how they decide who to vote for. So, in other words, they can tell you absolute and total crap and make anything that they want to make you vote for them, even if it's completely and intentionally untrue. That's that is... What, that and, that, just, and, that, and that is clearly uh, the law, and that is currently the law. But it but was clear what, there was one... What gets one, me is there is a law of misleading to that of conduct, and for, it's for like... every other business in the yeah, world. Yeah, but except than, for them. Except for them, that's right, except for politics. Now, now that's because people say, oh, it's the argy-bargy of politics of how you win people, is that, you know, people should be stupid enough not to t fall for this stuff, but people obviously fall for this stuff. Yeah. But there was one exception to that rule, which said that you couldn't engage in activity where you try and fool people on how they should place their vote. Okay. Okay? And what the Liberal Party did in the last desperate efforts is they put up signs in coloured AEC signs around... So AEC course. is the Australian, Australian Electoral, Electoral Commission. Commission. Yeah. yeah. Which is the governing body that organises yes, everything. Basically, um, uh, pretending to be the government authority that's responsible for running true and fair elections, okay. saying that the only way and the correct way to vote is to put one in the Liberal box and yeah. then fill all the other boxes out. Yeah. That was a step that was far too and, far. Oh, but, and it was written in Mandarin or it was Chinese? Written, written in Ch Chinese, Mandarin. And, yeah, and the other thing that you also mentioned to me ages ago was another reason why the Chinese people would listen to that 100% was because they live in a country where if they're told to do something, they have to do it. Well, no, the issue is that, like that. Cult culturally, a lot of people have arrived in Australia and some of them are new, new Australians. And yeah. um, when you're barraged through social media where they were that one candidate was the best candidate and when you're told that actually in the case of Chisholm, uh, Gladys Liu, who was the candidate, was on national television being announced by the Chinese government has actually won the election before the election. Whoa, and then when you arrive that. at the polling booth, then you see a directive sign, and it was drafted in a Mandarin mm. form, which was directive, authoritatively, directively, telling you to put one in the liberal box. I think a lot of people would have actually had to think twice if that yeah. was their culture as to 
actually not um, uh, there's fear against going against authority. You are voting against a government if you decided to vote against them. So there, I think that was used. But anyway, at the end of the result, at the end of the day, um, I mean, the campaign that I was running on was a campaign based around integrity. Mm. Um, obviously, I'd seen a lot of activities from the Liberal Party which were totally disgusting, but they relied on a legal exemption that they're allowed to be misleading and deceptive. Other than in relation, I was getting disgusting behaviour thrown at me. It was crazy. And, uh, yeah, but anyway, so in the signs, I said, no, that's enough. We'll take yeah. you to court in relation to that. And so that's what we did. So we yeah. went to the High Court and the High Court sent it to the Federal Court, a full Federal Court, so three judges. They listened uh, to the case um, with, you know, a fair independence, I must say. I was, you know, pleased with the way that they listened to the case. Um, it's a very different court case to a normal court case. You basically just have to present a, a portfolio oh. and you're not allowed to add anything more to that portfolio and that's okay. it. Okay. Um, and the courts determined that the Liberals had engaged effectively in election fraud, so that they had been misleading and deceptive in relation to those signs. Uh, and uh, So the Liberals had been involved in electoral fraud. That's, that's, that's what it was. And, why, and why is that not the, on the front cover of the fucking paper? Well, well, sorry, just the result did unfortunately come out of court at 3... Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. 2.15 or 3.15, I think, on the 24th. It was 2.15, yeah. December. So, yeah. So, um, but the way the electoral system... Sorry, can system we just rewind for a second now because no one wants to say yeah. what that just meant. So came it came out, came out, out right, before, right before Christmas Day when the press is already finished. Yes, yeah, so the, the press, press is already closed gone, and therefore so. no press can go out after it's been... It was all very strategic. strategic. Well, look, I don't think it was strategic. I think, okay. to be honest, I think the judges wanted to make sure that there was an announcement made or a decision made before they also went for a Christmas went for break. Christmas, OK. So I, I think a lot of people thought that that was some form of, you know... Concocted, underhanded behaviour by well, the Well, we courts. never know because the no, Liberals but it are. Wasn't. I don't believe it was. Okay. So, so I, I, I have. Comp- okay. You know, if we do not believe in our court system, then That's we have true. nothing left That's in the true. country. <laughs> okay. But, but what it showed is that the reason why I had to take this to court was because when it was just pointed out to the Liberals on the election morning that it was wrong, they refused yeah. to take them down. When we pointed out to the Australian Electoral Commission that this was an illegal, this was voter fraud, they refused to take it down. In fact, some of the people who worked for them had ripped them down and they were instructed to put them back up. Mm. When we went to the Australian Federal Police and asked them to investigate this because it was electoral fraud, they refused to investigate it. So we were left with no alternative. I was left with no alternative on behalf of the citizens. If you want to stop people from engaging in this activity, the Australian Electoral Commission would do nothing, the Liberal Party had no intention of doing anything, and the Australian Federal Police, who were there to uphold the laws, were unprepared to take any action. So now the court has determined and found that this has been grossly misleading and deceptive mm-hmm. conduct. Um, they've determined that there was one... You know, they talk about throwing the poor person under the bus. They've determined that there was one person from the Liberal Party who was supposedly responsible. I think we all know it wasn't one person from the Liberal Party who was responsible, but they've determined one person, who happens to be Josh Frydenberg's Chief of Staff, uh, was the person who authorised the signs and therefore he was responsible and it's a criminal act. Is he going to jail? Well, no, he's been asked to explain to the court why um, on the 7th of February... He needs to explain to the court again in a dossier, which is everything's done in a dossier. As to what does that mean? Well, just a, 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 a file. Okay. You, you put in okay. the submission to the court. Okay. You say, you know, dear court, these are the, you know. So you're not scrutinised. You got plenty of time to like make something up, or no, not make something up. You have to explain to the court as to why whether they, they should be sending you down the prosecution path. Okay. If they send you to the prosecution path, then they send you to the director of public prosecutions, which, you know, unfortunately, is another government semi-government right. department. So. I think the courts will do absolutely what they should do. Yeah. Where it goes to from there, 
I don't know. Mm. Um, but the thing here is not, you know, a vendetta against anybody. It's a vendetta against the behaviour. Yeah. The behaviour that was shown during that election. It was shocked, disgusting. It shocked me. Uh, shocked me. I've put in a submission to the Senate committee because there's a Senate committee looking okay. into this. And it's still that submission has not been released. So the chairman of the committee, it's meant to be a public committee, is Liberal. Uh, that document, I do not believe, has been made public, even though I put in a very detailed submission about all of the activities, so all of the activities that I witnessed as an independent candidate at the election, which were grossly, you know, just just uh, just terrible. Oh, they terrible. were. They were terrible. Um, but anyway, look, that's that's where we are on the court case. Um, I'm pleased that um, that the courts obviously found that the yeah. that the uh, signs were misleading and deceptive and, and that the Liberal Party obviously, you know, intentionally engaged in that activity. Um, what I'm a bit disappointed is, is that they said that, you know, for some reason um, you couldn't, you know, uh, that they couldn't come to a conclusion that 550 votes wouldn't have been influenced in the seat of Chisholm because that's all it would take, 550 right. votes. Now, I can understand why people in potentially the Chinese community wouldn't put their hand up and say I was mm. fooled because mm. the Liberal Party went out on a massive campaign to of say course. I say anybody who would have been fooled is an idiot, so therefore they'd be embarrassed. Right. But I think a lot of people would have thought twice when they saw that sign. But the courts decided that they, they couldn't come to a conclusion that mm. God only knows. You not you can't ask people their private votes. Yeah. But they come to the conclusion that not even 550 votes were disturbed by these signs that were plastered over... The ele- uh, over the seats. And they weren't only plastered in Kuyong, they were plastered in Chisholm, they were plastered in four or five other seats. Okay. So there's a real question as to whether this election was actually... It, it, the government is actually valid. Is it a legitimate mm. government? Did it win through electoral fraud? At the end Jesus. of the day, and it's a fair thing for people to ask. Yeah. Because, you know... I was so surprised. Like, I just, like... I think a lot of people would have said, Well, there's, what there's the many, many... I've had many, many other people from different areas and different seats uh, raise similar issues, but... They didn't have the guts to go through. Well, not guts, but it's expensive exercise. Yeah. It's a huge process to go and take these disputes to court. Yeah, emotionally, uh, and that's well, it's, it's very, a very, it's very tiring. You yeah. go on for an election campaign, which is an effort, is it in? Yeah. And then you know, at the moment, we got a result on Christmas Eve. Well, that's great. That doesn't make you feel too good for Christmas Eve yeah. because you still got to deal with press on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And now we're still waiting around until February when we work out whether you know what happens with costs and what happens with mm. you know where, where this next step goes. So what becomes you know, huge effort to go through an election campaign now takes a whole year and actually starts spinning into the second year. Now, it's fine if you're a politician, if you're paid and you've got lots of staff. Well, but again, so if you're independent, s- you've got to do all this single-handedly. So I was going to say, so... But, I, but I'm very appreciative. A lot of people donated to that campaign. Mm. So that was one of the reasons why I put it forward, because I said, you know, this yeah. is terrible. Do you want to do it? And people donated $30,000 towards the legal costs involved and you know with that feeling that other people shared yeah. that this activity was wrong I was happy to say yeah okay I'll go through yeah. the heartache of actually dragging this thing through through court so that's and that's kind of why I wanted to like bring you on here so that people could hear you so that I mean a lot of a lot of the questions that have come through it's like who do we turn to who, who are we now looking for advice from and like I want to be like you like not just because you're my dad but because like you're the man for the job so what are the steps like we'll get into the questions in a second what are the steps then from here if you if i was to say like we want you to be the prime minister <laughs> what are the, but like not just because you're my dad because no. being the prime minister would be stressful as fuck so like i don't i'm no. not saying i want you to go through that stress but what i'm saying is 
you are fit for the job and we need someone who's actually going to give a shit about our future because I want to bring kids into the world. I don't want to bring kids into the current world that we live in, right? Like I feel like that's actually like traumatizing for them. So what are the steps that you would need to take in order to get there? Like how can we support you so we can actually not have a, a country that's burnt down? Well, look, this isn't just the question of burning down. There's a question of integrity and how people make their decisions. And, you know, as you know, your grandfather or my father was a member of parliament and um, he explained to me a very simple decision-making process. And clearly politicians this day are not following that decision-making process, so they're not able to explain to people or talk to people about what decisions you're making. There are often some hard decisions you need to make in politics, but you need to be able to talk to people and there needs to be a rational way you've made that decision. And he explained to me a decision pyramid that he used to use. And he'd say, well, Oliver, when I have a complicated decision in Parliament, I look and I say, well, at the top of the pyramid, I say, well, what do I think is morally right out of that? Mm -hmm. Now, you know, not to teach people their morals, but he says, look, at least... I can start talking to people about a decision I need to make mm. based upon that. And then you say, well, then I look at a decision and say, well, is it in the country's best long-term interest? Mm-hmm. And then instead of it's in the best long-term interest, that's great. And then what I'll do is I'll look at my electorate, which are the people who vote for me in my seat, and mm. I'll say, well, is it in is it in my electorate's interest? Mm. So if it's, it's great, it's, it's, it's okay from a moral perspective, or it's okay from my electorate's perspective, and then you work your way down to there. And then after that, after that decision, you get round and say, well does it work with my party? And this is the problem, is all these decisions are being made not because they're in the right moral decision or the nation's interest, or even in their own electorate's interest, it comes around to, is it in my party's interest? But Mm. even worse, is they're actually starting from the scenario, is it in my personal interest? Because my personal interest is to curry favour with the party. Right. So we have, what is a decision that always looks like a triangle, where you start at the top and you say, okay, I have a dilemma. We have a problem that we need to deal with. We've got an opportunity as a country to deal with. We start at the top and we explain our way down to people. You look at the decisions that are being made and you've got no idea how anybody can come up with the way these people are acting. I cannot fathom the way that Scott Morrison is acting. Like, I actually... Like, one of the comments on his Instagram was like, you know, you're not mentally fit. Like, like I'm sorry, but I actually agree. I'm like, where is his conscious? How did he sleep at night? I don't understand well, let's look how the, this man can Let's do look at this. the decision-making structure, okay? So what he's... I mean, I think clearly what's going through his mind is that he does not want to, regardless of the long term, and it would be better that everybody talks about these issues, he doesn't want to talk about the fact that our climate is changing as a result of climate change, right? So these are the kind of issues yeah. that you would go through. What he wants to do is he wants to say, well, how do I minimise damage to myself and the party? And the best way to damage, right. damage, have less damage to myself is I just hide. So I don't get asked all these questions. I avoid it and Hence I say... Hence fly to Hawaii. I, well, not a fly to Hawaii, but I say it's the state leader's responsibility or uh, someone else's okay, responsibility. Okay, that's what he's... Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and because otherwise you'll get asked the question, which is you'd start at the beginning. Well, Scott, you know, morally... Do yeah. you think it is right that we are wiping out our ecosystem the way that we're doing it? Yeah. We're doing it in our rivers. All our fish are dying. All our natural habitat is dying as a result of increased temperatures, rapid yeah. increase in temperatures, which are creating fire risks, which are drying our rivers. Yeah. You'd start at the top and you'd say, no, that's not right, right? Mm. So you'd have to do something, but he won't start there, right? Got it. And then you'd say, okay. well, is it in the country's long-term interest? And, uh, right. So and the answer is, the is absolutely, we need to get on with addressing these issues mm. because it's in the country's long-term interest if we have a stable environment and we keep our ecosystems strong. Okay. We rely on our ecosystems. But no, he doesn't want to talk about that because the party donations come from fossil fuel industries. They're the ones who are feeding money. There's, there's, there's a, a dark 
art here in relation to the way these parties are funding themselves. If they started at the top of the decision-making process and said, what is morally right, what is in the country's long-term interest, they would never be sitting around saying, oh, this is all about... I mean, the, what are they? They've come up with all kinds of mm, excuses oh, in so relation to stupid. the bushfires because they don't want to actually say... What is the long-term cause of yeah. it? Sure, lightning causes bushfires. Yes, you know, uh, you know, vandals cause bushfires mm. as well. But they're never as tense, intense as what they this are. Is out it, of is a, it is a result of the environment being dried out and under stress. That of course, once something starts, it burns a lot more heavily than what it yeah. does. Uh, so, so again, you know, you start at the top. You start. Mm. Well, is it right? And okay. clearly destroying our environment or allowing our environment to reach a, such a stress level that it cannot withstand these type of events, yeah. which are normal events, is just not right. Yeah. And is it in our nation's long-term interest? Fuck no. no. And in fact, it's in Australia's long-term interest if all the world starts to address climate change much harder than it does yeah. because Australia stands to benefit from climate change, from 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 the technologies and replacing coal. So this big argument is, oh, my God, if people don't use coal, Australia's going to be worse off. No, Australia will be better off if we don't yeah, how use does, coal. How will we be worse off? Because Australia exports a lot of coal. Oh. But, but the issue is, is those countries will need to replace that power with another form of power. Yeah. And we can now export renewables. Oh, that's cool. I didn't that's, know that. Yes, you can export renewables. So you can cut out. Normally, you know, as you know, how do you get to fossil fuel? How do you get to coal? Well, what happens is trees grow, sun shines on the leaves, the trees all fall. Uh-huh. Over 40,000 years, it sits under the ground. That's what that's what, what coal oh, is. Oh, I never knew that. Okay, what cool. What do you think coal comes from? I don't coal know. It's basically crushed down biomass, left okay. over tree litter and okay. stuff like that. And squished for 40,000 years, you end up with coal. Well, now right. you can go from sunshine to basically fuel yeah. in an afternoon, right? Yeah, in, in, wow. So into, you just skip all those you skip steps. skip the 40,000 years now. That technology mm. is all available. Okay. And as we have the best renewable energy resources of any country around in our environment, Indonesia doesn't have it, Japan wow. doesn't have We're it, Korea doesn't have them. it. We're in a winning position here. If all countries had to use renewable fuels, Australia would be, you know, a, 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 a powerhouse. I mean, we'd wow. be the Saudi Arabia of renewable fuels, right? And to think of <laughs> well, well, that's what it is. Fo- that's Saudi Arabia is the fossil fuel mecca, yeah. right? Well, we've got our fossil fuels now. We go to renewable fuels. Australia is the Saudi Saudi Arabia of renewable fuels, but they can't see it that way wow. because they don't, we don't have big companies in the in renewable space who are donating, so they're relying on the big money that's coming from, from the fossil fuel right. industry. They're just retarded. They're looking the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. They really are retarded. They're yeah, looking they the wrong way. And, 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 and it's really bad for people. It's bad for the country. They're, they're, not, they're not making the right decisions yeah. because by prolonging this, you're not being honest with people who are in industries that are going to change. The coal industry is going to change. Thermal mm. coal is going to be phased out. If you're working in an electric power station burning coal, you will not have a job in 20 years. You won't have a job. Yeah. So you will have to be looking and training now to the ensure renewable. that you're skilled to be in the renewable energy yeah. industry. Again, that's what's morally right. You don't... But they're running on fear. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to tell people, if you vote for us, we'll stop change. Well, change ain't going to stop, right? <laughs> it isn't going to stop. So, again, it's morally not right mm. because you're exposing those people to greater risk. So there will be an abrupt change then. Yeah. Nobody likes fast change. No one really likes change. It would yeah. be great if, you know, we could all do everything that we want. Change causes issues for everybody. It changes property values. It changes everything, yeah. right? 
But slow change is easier to deal with than fast change. Yeah, it and it's is. the same for the environment, which is the reason why, yes, people say temperatures have changed over periods. Yes, that over 40,000 years, the environment has a lot of time to adapt to one or two or three degrees. Yeah. Over two years, it cannot adapt to it. It dies. Yeah. yeah. It dies. You can't adapt to that type of level of change. Jesus. Okay. Well, let's jump into some of these questions, Dad. Yep. So, um, okay. Firstly, we'll start from the bottom. Okay. What would it take for all damage worldwide to be completely reversed? That's a big question. The ecosystem damage? Yeah. Well, I think what you have to do is you have to, first of all, stop doing more damage. Okay. And the only way you can stop doing more damage is by actually reducing emissions, which basically stops making that blanket thicker and thicker. Yep. You have to stop carbon emissions. Okay. You have to stop emissions of greenhouse gases. And they don't only have to be carbon, by the way. Fossil fuels are the largest contributor, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of methane that's now being emitted into yep. the atmosphere, um, and there's also a lot of nitric oxide as well. So there's a whole, there's two or three. Like or, those, the spray cans. No, they're different. That's oh, they're a, that's different. Okay. Depleting, but oh, okay, but, it's but, different. Okay. Yeah, that's different. Okay, all right. So with that question, um, I feel like a lot of people just sit in that helpless of like, okay, well, I turn my lights off when I leave. Like I'm doing what I can. So how can they do more? We've had this conversation, like you know, voting basically. Yeah. How can they do more? Well, if they're in a house, they should have solar power on their, on their rooftop one. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have solar power, they should be ensuring that they buy renewable energy. Okay. For, because, because then that basically means they're not, when they're using electricity. Oh, home, you know, when you do your electricity thingy, you, you can, can click choose. renewable. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little more expensive. It's so worth it. Well, a lot of places it's now not. So, for example, I think AGL is offering it exactly the same price. Oh, cool. People, when I, when I was in Sydney, though, Dad, I did that renewable and it was like literally $4 extra a month. Like, it, like of course well, you would do it. Exactly, well, that, that's right. And, you know. And, and then you can feel... Like you're not damaging yeah. the environment by running your fridge or yeah. by running your heater. Yeah. Because you think, okay, four bucks, okay, five bucks. Well, okay, fine. That's but, one coffee a month. You're fine. Well, but but I still don't want to destroy the ecosystem. Yeah. I don't. You want to be part of the problem. So if you don't yeah. be part of the problem, make sure you're not. And you mm, can I do that, that and make that and make that decision. And the other thing you just need to be doing is trying to make sure that your house doesn't run on gas. It doesn't need to run on gas. Okay. Our home is 100% electric. It's, yeah. Whether it's heating or whether it's your hot water, or it's 100% electric. Turn your gas off. You do not need gas anymore. Mm. It's inefficient okay. to heat your house with gas. You should be using air source. Air. But then, then the whole thing is, you know, but electricity is being run by coal, so... Why do we want to use electricity then? Because you're going to make an option to tick a box and make sure it comes from renewables. Right, got it, otherwise yes. have yeah. what we have is we have a lot of solar on our roof. Yeah. But yeah. some people don't have a roof space to do that. Like if they're in an a, apartment or something. In an apartment, but yeah. they can still make a decision that I feel more comfortable yeah. running the fridge and jump, jumping up and down to stereo music when I know mm. I'm not damaging the environment as a result yeah. of doing that. Yeah, exactly. Four bucks for a good feeling or five bucks <laughs> for a good feeling, you pay that all yeah. the time. Well, yeah. Realise that not damaging the environment is a really, really important part of making sure that you're part of the solution mm. not part of the problem yeah okay next question what are our responsibilities as a nation to other countries especially developing countries uh well we have um in in reality as there's only one world we're all on um we need to recognize that if australia wants to make sure that it's secure and safe then it will need to make sure that its neighbors um are not uh, significantly deprived Mm-hmm. I mean, take it to a small scenario. If you have a McMansion in a street where everyone's living in portable homes or, or you know, beaten up houses, yeah. it's not going to be a very nice place to live, is it? Yeah, no. So the best thing you need to do is make sure that all countries actually have a real standard of living 
so that they can start to then look after their own within their in their own country and mm. and, and have a good economic life and system for themselves. So it would be a step towards doing that. The main thing you need to do is Australia has been since particularly since the Liberal government came into the place, what they've been cutting is foreign aid. Right. Okay. So Australia has an obligation to give. 0.07% of our GDP to foreign to foreign aid. That uh-huh. was what we committed to with the UN. The Liberal Party has cut the hell out of our foreign aid. Really? Yeah, they just cut so it. So where the fuck is our tax... Okay, well, one, I'm just pissed off that my all the, the, my bloody tax is going to whatever Dick Munchett's name is yeah, to, like, go yeah. on travelling um, <laughs> and whatnot. Why, where is our tax money going? Most of your tax money, I mean, a lot, lot of it goes towards social security. Some of it goes towards social security, which is absolutely fine. Can um, you quickly explain what social security is? Well, obviously, there are some people who are not able to make enough money to, to live, have, okay. have a job. Okay, yeah, maybe, yeah. You know, and, and this scenario that, that we're not all equal, I mean, to think that this, people believe that everybody's born equally, well, some mm. of us are slightly more gifted than others. Yeah. Um, some people have just a harder time than others. Yeah. We need to recognise that, that we're not all, you know, individuals who are 100% equal. Yeah. Um, but if we want to all go to the football team, footy on Saturday, yeah. uh, and expect everyone to behave in an equal fashion and we want to feel equally safe walking on the streets and we want to feel equally entitled mm. to breathe the air and and have fish in our streams together yeah. and equally safe driving on the roads, then we need to think about how we equally share to make sure that people don't feel horrifically disadvantaged aren't horrifically disadvantaged as a result of, you know, factors that were beyond their control. So that's where some of our money goes to. I mean, the government is supposedly declaring to spend $500 billion on defence. Um, now, I don't know what they're going to be defending after, <laughs> after, after, after a while, but $500 billion on defence. They, they would be able to replace our whole electricity system for well under $500 billion. Shit. And none of us would have a power bill at all. They're paying $500 billion on defence, and most of it's going in submarines. What does defence do? Like military, obviously. What do they it's do? military. But, like, for, for why, why do they need $500 billion? Well, there are, I mean, the argument is is that other countries are spending on defence. So this is great. This is the defence yeah. industry loves this. Yeah. Because what they all do together is they run a Ponzi scheme. It's a bit like CEO salaries. Okay. Is if one country is spending more on defence, then the defence industry calls up the other country and say, well, they're spending hundreds uh, of billions of dollars. You better be careful. It's like, it's like a boys' club of who, well, of no, who's no, because the thing spending is, it's, more. It's competitive because yeah. if they're spending that's more... That's just toxic. Well, then they'll, they'll have better weapons than you have. So yeah, you well, that's, so, that's so, so, stupid. You know, the government has a responsibility, like they have a responsibility to keep us safe from climate change. They have Maybe respons- we have defence, of they course. They have a responsibility to be able to defend our country. Yeah. And what they're arguing is that apparently diesel submarines... Like what? diesel submarines, you know, like you know, nuclear submarines, fine. You know, why would you, you know, if you're going to buy a weapon, you get the ugliest weapon possible. The ugliest weapon is probably a nuclear submarine. But they're <laughs> going to have diesel submarines. Now, you know, everyone's got drone submarines, mini drone submarines. Yeah. I'm not sure how these these $500 billion worth of diesel submarines, you have to come to the surface, by the way. They've got to come and refuel where a nuclear submarine can stay under for months and months and months. But diesel submarines have to come and refuel and they've got to come and take air and all types of variety of things. Why would we buy diesel submarines yeah. is, is beyond me and how they think that's going to really work in an environment where effectively like you have drones in the air, they're now introducing all the uh, foreign defence forces have all got you know small submarine drones. Yeah. So it's pretty hard to hide from anything at the moment. So I'm not sure right. whether that's going to be the greatest weapon from... So how much from, money are they spending towards climate change? Uh, virtually zero. Cool. 
In fact, in fact, since this Liberal government has come into place, they've done everything they can to reduce investment in 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 activities relating to climate change. So why do they say then on that fucking election day? Why did they say they were going to do climate change stuff? Because they can lie and cheat. Doesn't yeah, matter. right. Exactly. Okay, because you know? okay, the misleading, yeah, okay, misleading cool. deceptive conduct. There's nothing. And, and and what they're trying to argue is they're trying to argue that. They have done stuff that they have reduced emissions. It, well, yeah, he brought he brought a Woolies bag reduced, to somebody in. Well, that's, that's to someone. That's <laughs> he he was what, supporting. But Monica, there's a very clear scenario. If you're going to reduce emissions, you actually have to reduce emissions. Yeah. They have not reduced emissions at all. What they've done is they're saying, "Oh, well, we've reduced the emissions that we were forecasting to put out there." So oh, we were forecasting. Okay. We were forecasting because you know we've been chopping down lots and lots of our trees and our forests for clearing, uh, you know, back then in 1990, right. which is when we set the target. We were just going to continue, you know, wiping the whole of Australia and turn it into, you know, a total desert by cleaning all of our trees. Right. That at that rate, our emissions would be this high. And in comparison to what we forecast our emissions are, look how great so we are. So they're being but they haven't pretty deceptive. Like, so it's absolutely like deception. It's, it's, and like, and like, it's total it's, deception. Because you can understand it because you're very, like, you're yeah. in this. But for someone like me, they have not I don't emissions. understand it. So I see, like, reduced admission. They're like, oh, okay. And you just take no, that as so, the Bible. No, they have not reduced emissions. Okay. The only place that there has been a reduction in emissions is in the electricity sector. So if you look at the overall economy, yeah. it's made up of electricity and transport and yeah. all these different parts of mm-hmm. the economy, right, you know, mm-hmm. and they add together to make your total emissions that yeah. you're, you're emitting, like your manufacturing okay. sector, but there's one area where we have reduced emissions is the electricity sector, yep. and that's as a result of the arrival of renewables, yep. and we've reduced it by about 26 or 28, 28%. Uh-huh, but it's not enough. No, no, actually... As the other sectors have grown in their mm. emissions, because mm. obviously our population has grown as well. Not, yeah. So there's more cars and there's more travel yeah. and there's more people driving around yeah. doing what they're doing. They've all grown. Is that overall our net emissions haven't fallen at all. So okay. the Climate Change Authority, which did the final report before the Liberal government came yeah. in about what needed to happen, yeah. explained to the government that electricity reductions needed to fall by more than 65% or 70% yeah. by, 2030, by 2030. And actually nationally emissions should have been reduced by 65% by 2030 if we were, if we were genuinely planning to be part of the global solution of trying to keep temperature rise right. to below 2 But because degrees. we're not... No, and the government just went off to Madrid. There was a conference in Madrid of all the governments yeah. to talk about, you know, come on, we need to actually yeah. all reduce emissions. Yeah. Australia, Saudi Arabia, Poland um, and the US were agitating, and Brazil were people who were agitating us to take no action at all. Wow. To stop action. What the fuck? Yeah. Basically. Wait, Poland? So they're a problem. Yeah, I thought Poland was a coal Oh, user. okay. It's like, it's, who's good up there? The Netherlands and, yeah. and Norway, yeah, they're all true. like super ahead of the game. Yeah. yeah. Or just maybe so, on the so game. So Australia is not only not acting itself, mm. it is trying to stop the world from acting. That's So the fucked. government arguments on one hand, it'll Jesus. argue on one hand, oh, we're only a small country, whatever we do in Australia won't make any difference. Well, it does make a difference if you go to international conferences when you're yeah. around with all the other countries and you're saying, we don't want to but do anything, we shouldn't be doing country. anything. But like, it would make a bloody difference. Okay. Well, it would make a difference, Monica, because yeah. if we were... Because we wouldn't have all these it, fires right well, now. Well, no, Monica, it wouldn't make any... But, but if we were part of the group saying we must act globally with all other countries, yeah. then maybe 
maybe some of the other holdouts would also fail, fall in line, and we would all globally then be able to take mm. action on climate change. Right. But instead, Australia is standing on the precipice of, of basically the abyss, screaming, please don't take any action. We don't we believe you should take any action, encouraging other countries not to take action. Okay, next question. Parents saying the greenies are backburning, so it's their fault. Give no, no no. Parents saying parents are saying that the greenies aren't backburning, so it's their fault. Give me some facts to shut them up. Well, I think the answer is the facts are pretty pretty clear by now. If you had a backburning, there's no one who would have backburned the amount that's already been burnt today. Mm. So we've already burnt through I don't know 4.9 million hectares. Uh, um, the idea that backburning would be a solution to this problem. Is, is bullshit. Is, is, is bullshit. Okay. Backburning was done a lot when I was a kid. It was very common. Uh, um, but the problem is, is backburning can only be done in certain times. Backburning is part of the solution. It's a natural part of our landscape. Yeah. Um, and we should do. It should be. You know. How do you backburn when and not let it get out of control? Because you do it at the right times. You okay. do it when it isn't so dry. Ah, uh, got it. There's okay. a whole art to it. Yeah, there okay. is. There's an art to backburning. Okay. Uh, and Aboriginals used to use backburning. You know, for farming practices, mm. they were actually making sure that they. I mean, they basically manis- manic- manicured all of Australia's landscape was manicured through backburning practices because wow. the traditional owners yeah. knew exactly how to go. Wouldn't about it be interesting doing. if we actually listened to the traditional owners of the land? Yeah, well, that would be very useful. Uh, they they, uh, they have been farming this land for a very very long time. A very long time. Um, they probably know a thing or two. They do know a lot, and we just ignore it all. Um, but but backburning um, doesn't deal with the environmental change that we've had. So yeah, backburning yeah, has okay. always been part of the solution. We've used it all the time. Yeah. Certainly as kids, we always used to use it. Um, yeah. You know, and and we always used to, well, holiday houses and stuff like that. Yeah. You'd always be the time of the year where everybody would go. I remember when we were little kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, next question. I love this one. Do we all need to become vegan to really save the environment? Um. Look, I don't think that I mean that is that is a hard question because on analysis, um, emissions from the way we undertake our agricultural productivity at the moment are quite intensive. Um, uh, but you know there are other ways that you can reduce emissions. So um, I, I think that um, people should be conscious as to. Um, like anything in terms yeah. of, of, of what they're doing. Uh, you need uh, to have uh, 10 steaks a day, basically. Well, I think that's a question of like everything else. You, you know that when you eat a steak, particularly if it comes from a feedlot, yeah. Um, well, yeah, th- then it has high carbon emissions. Then yeah. it actually has high carbon emissions. Okay, but, so yeah, but if, equally, Monica, these yeah. vegans, I'm not being picking on vegans, yeah. but people... It's who, right, but, it's, my, it's my podcast. No, now. that's all right. But, <laughs> I mean, no, but, it's, it's, but it is such a narrow scenario because yeah. I sit down with half these people and they'll be drinking a bottle of water from that's been brought in from Italy or from France. Mm. So the carbon emissions in that bottle of water is absolutely outrageous. Like basically just outrageous. eat local would be would be a solution. That's right. Eat, eat lo- local. Eat local would and be, good quality. That's right. Qual- quality and yeah. eat, eat local would be a great stepping stone in yeah. relation to this. But it's extraordinary how we... I mean, I don't know why the government even allows this type of bottled water to come in without a... It's some water. Form of tax. I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. But if there was a proper carbon charge, then it would be charged and yeah. it would be a lot more okay. expensive. But there is so no carbon charge. But is, people are making, yeah. your consumers, people listening to these podcasts are making those decisions themselves. Yeah. When they go to the supermarket, they can choose something that comes locally or they can choose an imported product. What they've got to recognize is every time they choose an imported product, it's got a massive amount of carbon emissions in how that product mm. has actually found its way to Australia. Okay. And they forget that all the time. Yeah. 
but they can make better decisions. Yeah. People okay. have to start making better decisions. So, it's not only good for the environment, yeah. it's also good for fellow Australians. Yeah, They'll exactly. be the ones the who'll economy. be working in the economy and our yeah. jobs you yeah. know, in the future. So um, there is a chick that I follow on Instagram. I'll try and find her. And she talks a lot about um, the sustainability of farming and whatnot. It's quite interesting. But yeah. um, so is is the carbon emission from like feedlots very different to the carbon emission of a cow that has been roaming and just like doing its thing until it gets killed to be eaten? Look, I believe so, okay. um, but I'm not an expert in, in this. this area. You know, yeah. I, I believe that because they get grain fed, yeah, um, is that the emissions, the way their gut works, correct? Is, is, is that's the, the emissions? But I, you know, I'm not an expert, and there's a lot higher than if they were, if they were grass. And, and it's it's also something about the life cycle. There's a really good book called The Vegetarian Myth, and she talks about the life cycle and how because cows have eight stomachs, they have to do that like that, the grass has to go through in the whole life cycle, yeah. and because of the life cycle, it's it's better for the environment than if you're just using feedlots because there well, is no It would be a much better cycle. scenario if people let kangaroo steaks, to be honest. Well, if there's any because kangaroos left. Well, they don't, have, they don't have eight stomachs. Yeah. Uh, they're low-carbon creatures. Okay. They're fully available. They're sustainable. They're native. They'd be delivered locally. Mm. And they're pretty tasty, frankly. That would be better. Yeah. Maybe we should it's look at the kangaroo. It's very lean. I yeah. mean, you know, if you want to have meat, that, that's fine. Yeah. What's okay. wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um... Why is Australia still using so much coal? It's like three quarters of our energy consumption. Australia is using so much coal as a result of a choice. Um, so uh, the um, we have a renewable energy target which was put in, which the, this government uh, went out of its way to reduce, uh, which actually set the amount of renewables. So when you have these great big fat power stations, they're difficult to replace. The only way you can replace them is by encouraging another fuel, another alternative to come to market, which is renewables. Mm-hmm. As those power stations are in place, it's a bit like having a taxi fleet of old Holdens. If you've got a whole bundle of old Holdens and you don't care how uncomfortable it is or how much they stink or how environmentally damaging they are or how they don't have ABS, or, 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 or then you don't okay. replace them. Exactly. Right, you don't okay. replace them with new. You just keep driving that piece so of how shit can we the for- how can we fucking force the government to either hand over his badge to you or somebody else that gives a shit or like how can we make like I said at the beginning besides the donations how can we actually make a change well young people have the full ability to make a change I mean what what surprised me through the election process um, is how easy it would be for us to start people to start an alternative party yeah the world doesn't need to be made up of a liberal or labor party it does, okay. That's just uh, that they love you to think. Oh, is that just like a traditional thing? It doesn't have to be liberal or labour. It could be. You can have multiple. You it could the be all of the Yates party that's running well, could be Australia. The, oh, well, I, you described as we can party or. Oh yeah, I, I call it give a shit party this morning. Shit party give a you, shit party. Yeah, Let's make it, guys. I can party, or I call yeah. it what I think a reform party. Yeah. If people wanted to, they could start. We could start another political party. There is no reason why you can't do it, and it's okay. not difficult to do. Okay. And then you can run. You know, young people can yeah. actually stand in seats. We can actually go out and select people like you would for a company. I mean, running a company is like running a, bu- a country is like running a business, right? Okay. So if I had my choice, I'd be trying to get the best people in yeah. to make sure that we can run this yeah. big company yeah. called the country or this country yeah. as a company. But that doesn't happen. Well, why doesn't that happen? I don't know. Because the vested interest of the two major parties don't want anybody to think that you could actually end up with an alternative. Oh. And they don't like, they, they argue. So it doesn't have to be Liberal or Labor. Or Greens. No, it can oh, be. Oh, I see. That's I see the reason this why is why I don't know in, this. What's the reason why I stood as an independent? 
because I couldn't find I, myself. But I thought at the end of the day, it was either Liberal runs Parliament, like run is the government, or Labour is the government. No, most places okay. like New Zealand, for example, yeah. they haven't had a majority government for ages. They've had to form a co- coalition between different different parties. So you'll find this party, that party, that party, and those ones form together, and they say, we will form government. Okay. And okay. then that's great, because then you get diversity of views. Yeah. And you don't have this kind of, like, pack. So when's the next election? So well, we the can... next federal election is not for another three years. So how can we boot this dude out faster? Because I don't think <laughs> I don't think we'll have any land in three years' time. Well, look, at the moment, the Liberal Party has a majority of two seats. I was hopeful. But what about the, what ho- about the dude that's got the... Okay. I, 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 was, I was hopeful that, um, that as a result of the court case, Chisholm, which is the seat uh, next to us, would be forced into a by-election. Yeah. And then people would have a choice to vote differently. Yeah. Having seen how bad, you know, you know yeah. the effect of, of having these people in place mm-hmm. yet again, and their majority would be reduced to one. Yeah. However, there are other seats around where I think you may find that there are members of parliament who are very weak yeah, um, and who may have reasons why they want to resign as well. And so we could have by-elections in, in different places. So why are these people being pushed under the carpet and it's not being clear that we, there, could be, there, are, there are actually people that maybe don't want to be sitting anymore? Oh, well, that's because the party wouldn't want to actually go through a by-election in those seats because they could lose a seat. And if you only got a two-seat majority, the last thing you want to do is lose, lose a seat. So in the short term, the only way that these people will change if, if they realise that, that if they don't change, it's a threat. But the election, unfortunately, and the election unfortunately convinced them that actually lying, cheating, deceiving the public was actually an intelligent strategy because they were rewarded for that strategy. Okay, so... So until such time as there is a palatable alternative and voters realise... Dad, they're what not is afraid. the alternative? Well, the alternative is you set up another party and people, voters need but to But we understand. can't wait three years. No, you can because, that's, well, that's you don't have a choice. People make, that, Like we're talking about FedEx and UPS, we do have a choice. Well, yeah, you can go through civil disobedience, which is what people like the Extinction Rebellion are doing, which is where they've right. got to the stage of actually now disrupting cities. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, you know, they've, they've got to the stage where they said, well, no one listens anyway. Yeah. So therefore I'm forced towards civil disobedience. Yeah. Um, but we are getting to that stage where mm. the government doesn't appear to be acting in the interests of the people. And there are calls. People are petitioning. There is a petition at the moment oh, really? to the Governor-General to ask him to sack the government. Oh, great. We need to link that. Shelby, can we link that in the description, please? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> we are is, linking there that is shit. A, there is a petition. The Governor-General okay. won't, do, won't, won't do it. Um, Why not? Because it would be against you know all forms of reasonable protocol. We do have that. We have to have. We, I think Australia burning down is no, against reasonable protocol. Stable government is important for everybody. So is this dude stable? I'm not saying I'm not saying he is stable. I'm okay. not saying they're the best. But okay. in a system, if you want to have um, a, a prosperous uh, country, yeah, ultimately you need to have stable government. And um, I'm not saying people made their choice at the election. I know, Unfortunately, fucking wrong being, one. Exactly. So, so they need to actually start acting now to make sure that there are alternatives at the next election. With the same time recognizing that, unfortunately, 
that, that, that stable government is actually very important to a country's well-being. Mm. last thing you want to be is having a government, have a, a country where the government changes every six weeks or like, you know, breakfast, every breakfast we okay. have a new government because you so can't, how can you we can't get... run a business, you can't run a com- company, okay. you can't run the country yeah, if you I keep changing yeah. everybody all the time. But what if it would have just changed to you, then it would be stable. So my, my question <laughs> is... It like, couldn't change to me. What it could do is yeah. if you lost, if the Liberal Party lost a couple more seats yeah. and the independents... How can were, we get those seats booted? Well, that's you know, as I said, I've been trying. There, you know, there okay. are there are you know there are different strategies that people uh, could could try and deploy. Like, uh, well, look, you know, I'm not going to go into them. People, can we give us like just give us two, Dad? Come on, I know you're trying to be civil, but can we can we just have two that we can do to like make sure that this is done? Because people people are feeling helpless. Well, to be honest, it, I'm feeling helpless. You know, you need to have cause a by-election in some other seats. How so, do you cause a by-election? Can you uh, tell that I'm your daughter? <laughs> yeah, she's very demanding. Uh, well, you know, maybe maybe you can prove that certain members of parliament are unfit to off- be in office. For okay. example, if they're found to have engaged in a crime. Okay, beautiful. That's yeah, one person. That's what you know. That's uh, you may be able to get rid of people yeah. if you find that they're, um, uh, you know, that they have um, economic interests which they haven't disclosed to parliament. Uh huh. That's another another way that they, cool. could, they could be challenged. Yeah. Um, so there are a variety of ways that people could be challenged. Or if you find they're mentally unfit mm. as a result of a health issue, yeah, um, they may have you know a disease, um, yeah. you know, and they may not be able to fulfil their role as a politician, and they may have to call a by-election. Now, hopefully, you'd hope that a politician who is mentally unfit. Now, don't jump at Barney Joyce here because a lot of people say he's a bit weird. Oh. <laughs> but but you know, Barney's Barney. But there there may well be you know rumour has it you mm-hmm. know members of parliament who. Um, uh, are not uh, mentally fit yeah. uh, and hold office and um, if they're not mentally fit they should be doing the right thing and resigning and allowing a by-election to, to occur. They should be. Okay, amazing. Um, and then in terms of that whole three-year thing, so uh, what are the... So do we need to start the Reform Party now so that in three years or that so as soon as possible we can get you in Parliament? Well, no, no. I think the question is, is that if people are asking how they do something... Yeah. You've got to remember that, that, that young people have the best ability to make change, but they're just not actually knowing quite how. That, and that's why I want to get you okay. on, because okay. we don't understand, besides okay. posting on social media, how to make change. Yeah, but they can post very effectively by actually creating a party and then deliver for that party through social media. The Liberal Party or the Labor Party doesn't really have a membership base. Hawthorne okay. Football Club has more members than either of those parties, right? Okay, so we so, need to create our own so you give can, a shit party. Yeah, exactly. And you could, and we could then you could then go through the process of selecting candidates. You could run at council elections. You could run at state elections. Okay. The people telling you you can't do things, right? The people telling you you can't do things is because they've got their own vested interest. They want the system to remain the way that yeah. it is. They don't like change either. Yeah. Right. But if you want change, you have to force change. Yeah. So that was what we did at the last election. We tried to put independent candidates up to try and force change. Yeah. Ultimately, the electorate didn't reward us with enough votes to achieve that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that people don't want change. change. People actually are fed up with the yeah. two parties. They're fed up to their eyeballs with the I two know. parties. I know, I'm so fucking Because they up. don't make a decision in a way that's logical. They won't talk to you about a decision that they're, they're making. They yeah, actually don't have a brain. They just I'm make like, a decision. where is their brain? Yeah, but you look at most decisions they're making seem to be made as a result of, you know, it helps their party or it helps them as individuals. Yeah, fuck that. It's not necessarily the right thing or in the nation's long-term interest. Yeah. Because short-term political interest is all they care about. They care about, well... Will it make sure that I get my job? And, and and this is all caused as a result of changes that that have occurred. I mean, there is too much money in politics today 
that never was when my father was a member of parliament. Okay. In the old days, you know, you went into to, to parliament to serve the people and people respected you for that. Right, and now, now people are, people are doing to it to money. make money. Right, and that's where a problem is lying. That's because huge... they're disrespecting the money that they're making. Well, the question is, is, um, is that really the right amount to make? I mean, if you're okay. representing a group of people, don't you think the amount that you make should have a relationship to those people you're making? Shouldn't yeah. you be paid two or three times the average weekly aid wage? Yeah. Not five times, not ten times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the difference? Why does a minister get paid a 70% bonus for being a minister? So you think these people, politicians, are on a $220,000 Especially when salary. they're not doing their job properly. It's well, one thing if they were getting paid half a million dollars and no, they were killing it. No, no, Monica, but the, the question is, is the politician today, arguably, they're paid about, you know, nearly $200,000 for a base politician. And that's what everybody thinks a politician gets paid. And you think, oh, well, that's not so much. Okay. But that's just not the case. Right. They've agreed to pay themselves a 70% bonus if you're a minister. Wow. Uh, and then there's allowances on top of that. So. And they get, a, they get what's, oh, what's with the house? They get flights, free house and no, everything. Flights and cars yeah. and everything else. And, and that's all paid to taxpayers' money? All paid to taxpayers' money. Fucking hell. Um, so uh, most politicians who are of any... I'm moving uh, to Antarctica. Of any, of any, form of, any form of substance are probably all earning over $500,000 wow. each. And, they, and they're not showing up in that with reflective of that money either. Well, so that doesn't relate to doesn't relate to what the general doing, population yeah. makes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah, the yeah. difference between a minister and a non-minister. So if you are a minister, all you are responsible doing is for okay. administering a department. So if you are the minister for the environment, you look after the environment department. So yeah. it's like it's like any sort of normal business corporate job. Well, you've still got your, you've got your day job, which is being yeah. a politician, but your additional job is to be responsible for a department. Okay. The department does all the work, right? Right. You just have to oversee that. Department. You're just like your basically the to, face of it. You're the face and you oversee that. You don't need a 70% oh. bonus to oversee a department. So you're just the, basically the face of it. You're doing like pretty minimal work. No, you're doing well. You're doing. You can't do any more, Monica. People, politicians do work very hard. Yeah. If you know any of them, I know you. You well, work no, so but, hard. So all of them do. They're yeah. out of fates and conferences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, no, I get you that. You know, they're doing whatever they can do. And that's why I'm saying, like, they don't have a lot of spare if, time. No, zero spare time. And that's it's why I'm the most saying, thankless job on the if, planet at the moment. And with you know, tying One into of the my most business, jobs like on the planet. I, I like people can get paid a lot of money, but it needs to be reflected in the value that they're offering. Correct. ScoMo or anybody of these people are not being that ref- their value isn't being reflected in the amount of money they're being paid. If they're being paid half a million dollars a year, but they are fucking showing up like no one's business, that's one thing. But the problem is they're being paid a lot of money and they're not giving the the value in exchange. But it isn't so much money; it's it's where they actually sit. People are not don't do this job typically for money. At that yeah, level, yeah, yeah. a lot of them are doing yeah. it for power and position. But the problem okay. is, is now money has got wrapped into power and position got it. as well. So, okay, I see you know, what you're saying. Why, why, do, why, why do you find seats highly competitive and why do people stand? If you asked somebody, would they like to be a politician, everybody in the street would say, well, that's yes, why they, they that's would love why to have a go at doing this, right? Okay, they love yeah. to actually serve yeah. their country, yeah. right, in different yeah. ways. We can all serve it. Yeah, there are lots of people do. Nurses serve their yeah. countries, garbage people. Yeah, there are people who actually do their job because they think it's the right thing to do. That's the least the things that they can do. So actually performing your role and, and performing what you're good at, mm. um, if you can do it in a way that helps fellow citizens, is, there's nothing more rewarding than that. So yeah. it isn't money that rewards people at all for yeah. these type of jobs. It's actually actually making the decisions and explaining to people and then actually people respecting you for the decisions mm. that you've made yeah, and understanding life, the yeah. decisions that you've made. Yeah. Um, and not all the decisions that you make are going to be right either. Yeah. 
but you can't expect them all to be right. Yeah. But you do have to expect people to actually answer questions. At the moment, the way the politicians work is if they don't like a question, they won't answer it. Like this so, morning on the ABC, that was so funny. What were they talking about? How he, oh, how he grabbed that woman's arm and like forcefully made her sh- make her shake her arm, and the guy was like, "Wasn't that a bit forward?" And she di- and he just kept saying, "I'm offering my support." I mean, like he like wouldn't answer the question. Well, I mean, the problem is, is that's just one picky example. But mm. the, the clear scenario is, is that he does not want to come under any scrutiny. Uh, yeah. Um, anymore well and your politicians the people who represent you they have to be under full scrutiny all the time it's your right you're accountable to the people yeah you gotta be okay with it if you don't like it that's the job job. you take on so transparency uh, in other words being open with people having full disclosure of what you're doing explaining the decisions that you make Making a mistake and resigning as a minister mm. is absolutely fine. The way the system was designed is that if a minister has, oversees a department and a department does something terrible, the minister should resign because he's responsible. And then you department. keep your dignity because you no, own up exactly. to it. They go and sit on the back bench. Yeah. And then what happens is, is probably after 12 or 18 months, they can come back. But there has to be cause and effect. And yeah. that's, you know, no one's, no one's infallible. People will all make decisions. We're humans. We right, make mistakes right sometimes. And wrong. Yeah. But the good part about it is you should be showing to people that I know the decision is wrong and this decision was mad and I was responsible Mm. for it. So Put your ego aside. Yeah. You know, no, the issue is they don't don't want to have a 70% cut in salary. Yeah, Jesus. That's what the issue is. Man. Okay, so next question. What is ScoMo doing wrong from your dad's point of view regards climate change? He's not addressing climate. He was trying to ignore climate change. He's an effective climate change denier. No person who honestly believes or follows science would think that we are doing the right thing as a country if we were trying to keep temperatures below two degrees. Yeah. So we know that, you know... Uh, the, 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 Quick the, pause. I'm just, I know someone's going to ask yeah. this. So two degrees. two degrees. It doesn't sound like a lot. Can you just quickly explain how two degrees is actually a lot, even though it doesn't sound like a lot? Uh, if I change your blood temperature by two degrees, you're dead. Okay, okay, cool. There we go. That's great. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. Next. Okay, so, so effectively, if you change, well, if, if uh, a two degree temperature change wipes out the Great Barrier, 99% certainty that it will wipe out the Great Barrier Reef. Okay. So if you want to kill the Great Barrier Reef, two degrees does it. Okay. Okay. If you want to destroy the environment, two degrees does it. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you run yourself for two degrees hot. Fruit bats fall out of the trees and die. If okay. they if they get to a certain level, they will change. It's a bit like salt water. If you think about, we can all drink a level of salt water. If you have dams, and yeah. cows go up and drink yeah. from them. The cows can drink it. They can drink it. They can drink yeah. it. But they go off one threshold, a little bit higher, and, and it will. Die. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. Kill, okay. It'll kill them. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So because our bodies have adapted, and because nature has adapted to operate within a certain range, mm. it can only operate in that range. Now over forty thousand yeah. years, yeah, it can adapt. Okay, through generations and generations. But if you push that level so high so quickly, it will not adapt. That's what the problem and is, and it causes death. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So what's Grandma doing wrong? Basically, he's not. He's ignoring doing nothing. Science. He's ignoring. He's ignoring it. science. So yeah. basically, he's basically sitting around saying the world's flat. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, because, yeah. Because, you know, science tells you that it's round. Yeah. It's very clear. 
I mean, you look at the horizon, it's pretty obvious. Now, hopefully, round. these fires might tell him that it's round as well. You know, yeah. Because like, yeah, you have to prove it to him. He won't yeah. believe the science. Yeah. It's not as if you have to believe science. Science isn't something you believe. Yeah. Science is actually science. It's like maths is maths. Yeah. Right? It's not so. You, you don't to choose believe. to believe in it. It's, it's just a it's thing. It's there. It's, yeah. It's not a belief. It's not Scientology. No, yeah. You're dealing pe- with here. When people okay? say I don't believe in climate change, I'm like, climate change is, isn't a belief. Isn't it's, a belief. It's a fact. That's you don't get to choose. Like, you don't get to just be like, no, I don't. I don't. We'd all like to do nothing. Yeah. Carbon emissions. If we that'd be easier. If we didn't have the problem. If yeah. we didn't have this problem with this blanket building up, we wouldn't have to do anything. If we didn't have to do about the ozone layer yeah. of actually changing our spray cans, yeah. we wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. You know? yeah. But we yeah. have to. Um, okay. what science says. Next question. What are three things that I can easily do every day that will help make an impact on the world? I like this. So three easy things. Three. I'm going to throw in there, like, just vote properly. Like, maybe be a little bit. Follow Dad on Instagram. <laughs> well, look, look, if people want to start... A, a, a party. Yes, yeah. you can start. A, we can start a party, and then we can. If ten thousand followers decide they want to stand, then you have got a really good chance. Of Actually, I was going to say, can you all please make sure that you share this podcast, and we can do like a Google document, like a Google poll thing, and then if you click the description, you'd be able to vote in the Google poll. That'd be fun. And if you guys can share this on your Instagram story so, the, so lots of people can hear about it, then we can get some good feedback on what people want. That yeah. would be good. So so we go into this three things? Three things, yeah. Think. Okay, cool. That's a good one. Okay, think. Yeah. So think about what you're doing and, and what you're doing as to whether it creates emissions and whether you've actually offset those emissions. So, yeah. So, you know, choose renewable energy at home. Yeah. Don't drink. I mean, avoid imported stuff. Mm-hmm. Try and get things locally. And then advocate heavily for climate action. Yeah, get involved get in... Involved. I mean, I, I will say, guys, I didn't really understand this whole political thing until Dad ran. And, wow, it's really important to be involved. Yeah. Like, I mean, don't think are, someone else is going to do it. No I'm, one else is. Get involved. I mean, Monica, you were reading me. I mean, I'm not, I don't follow... I don't, I'm not an Insta person. I'm yeah. a Twitter person. I know. I'm trying to get them on Insta, guys. <laughs> I, I know, but I think, I, I think it's the other way. Unfortunately, a lot of these decisions in this world are made, you know, unfortunately yeah. by older people, right? Yeah. That's the reality yeah. that you yeah. face, which I think is wrong in the first place place mm-hmm. but a lot of that chatter is on twitter yeah it isn't on insta yeah um you know i i think that if you were talking about if you looked at when scomo posts on insta yeah and you look at the comments yeah you will start to understand how sick and annoyed people are yeah in relation to these type of activities so mm. so look at some of the responses that you're getting and seeing whether they resonate with you. If they yeah. do resonate with you, then realise that you're not alone. As yeah. a lot of us realise that we, we want a better Australia. We, we do. We, we, we want a positive Australia. Australia is a small country, and, and I was always proud to be Australian because Australia always tried to do the right thing globally. It's, it's interesting. It was, it was always like, you know, we were the first people to bring in seatbelts. We were always considered yeah. to be great when it came around to environmental protection. And, and we were the first when, people to run Even when you go travelling, Dad, you, often when you go travelling, you're like, wow, you realise how Sorry. good of a country Australia is. But now I'm like, thank fuck I'm not living there, which is terrible no, 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 to be thinking that, that you know. our reputation is being trashed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's our horrible. Our reputation as a nation is being trashed. So, so our reputation is very important to us. We are still a small country yeah. in a global scenario. And therefore, being small, you have to rely on your reputation. And our reputation is being trashed. We are not playing appropriately as a global citizen. Um, We're not using a a unique position to be able to stand between large powers and smaller countries. Australia always had this unique position. It was always seen as the honest broker. Mm. And to be honest, 
to be honest, it's a funny way to even say it. Australia is seen as totally dishonest these days. It's dishonest in climate action. Yeah. It was dishonest with our neighbours when we came round to negotiating with treaties. Australia is deceived, increasingly starting to be perceived as a strange, dishonest nation. And that's not what we want. Yeah. We need to actually be considered, go back to a scenario where people look up to Australia as a nation, a fair nation, mm. a nation that thrives on equality. I mean, equality is important. I mean, equality, yeah. anybody who goes to the football realises when you go to the MCG that equality is right there in, in the 92,000 people or however many hundred thousand people yeah. are sitting at the MCG. That's a quality for you. They yeah. come from everywhere on the train. We all get off at Richmond. It's quite beautiful. We all go to the MCG. Yeah. Um, and um, that's something to cherish. Yeah, it Most is. Most countries don't, a lot of countries don't have that type of um, uh, equality. There's, there's nothing wrong with being um, striving to try and be relatively, relatively equal. Um, you know, some people will obviously be much better off than others. Um because that's the choices that they make, and some of the times the luck that they've the luck that they've had, and, and the fortunes that they've been able to build through, you know, maybe hard hard work. But but the idea that you don't have reasonable equality is not right. I mean, if, you know, I just find it extraordinary that that it seems in this day and age, as the people who make most of the money are the people who provide the services that we don't need, and the people who make the least of money are the people who provide the services we do. Mm. So you know. The, the bankers of this world, and I was a banker, get paid a bucket load of money. If the bankers all disappeared tomorrow, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. If the nurses and police who get paid very little... And the teachers dis- and stuff. Yeah, ..disappeared tomorrow, we'd yeah. have a major problem. So there's some form of inverted reality in it's relation weird, hey? uh, in relation to, to how our system is operating. We're just not valuing things correctly, I feel like. No, that's right. I think, yeah. I think there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a disconnect. Like, we're not valuing our teachers, but we're valuing... The Wall Street, not Wall Street, but the Australian version dudes. Um, Okay, next question, Dad. So the recycling debacle in Australia, what can be done to change it? Uh, Well, unfortunately, you have to again start with federal government policy because a lot of it comes around to commingled issues with garbage. So um, if you're in Europe, for example, if you have a European product, it can only be made of certain types of grades of plastic Mm -hmm. or certain coloured glass which actually means that the recycling stream isn't messed up. But That's in Australia, so smart. In Australia, we just import all crap from everywhere. Like It's like we import... I mean, Australia is the only country <clears throat> that refuses to have decent fuel standards on cars. So the world's worst car engines all now come to, really? Australia. Yeah, come to Australia. because we, what have, the fuck? we have the worst standards when it comes around to cars because we refuse to actually have proper engine standards on our cars. And that's the fault of the government, yeah, correct? Yeah, because the government sets yeah. the fuel standards. But when it comes around a variety of things, you can actually say that, you know, if you want to import your Perrier, well, great, you can import your Perrier, but it can't be in a bottle of a certain colour, yeah. which actually then gets mixed into our recycling stream. Right, which, and that's what the problem which is. Which causes problems. So, okay. So the other thing issue we had, we've basically had, I'd argue, that it's semi-misleading and deceptive conduct. Everybody was arguing that we were recycling all this stuff. There was a, a company that I won't name because in Australia you can get sued by these type of people. Right, now, okay. But the company was supposed to be a major recycler and its idea of recycling was to crush it and stick it in a container and send it to Indonesia or, <gasps> or China. No! Because that's classified as recycling. Because they were recycling it, Monica. They were that recycling it. So that's unethical. Most, that's Australia, mostly all of our containers. What do you think all these containers? We're a major importer, right? We bring all this, these toys and clothes and shit into the Australia, right? And all we do is we pack them and send them out with garbage back to China. That's fucked. On the basis that we're recycling. And now, not surprisingly, China has said the recycling saga is all arise at risen because China's now said 
look, even the recycling you're sending to us is unrecyclable even by Chinese standards. It's it's, contami- wow. it's contaminated. We won't even take your recycling anymore. We've had enough of this. And someone's gone, oh, my God, I didn't know that all of our waste was going to China for the, all of our, quote, Bullshit. recycling yeah. is going into containers. The wow. la- one of the largest logistics companies in Australia isn't Linfox or, you know, one of those large transport yeah. companies. It happens to be a company you'd never think about, but it was a recycler. A recycler was one of the largest logistics companies in Australia. What wow. moving recycling waste over to China? That's I've, I. And that one, is so once out China, of control. So that's, that's the issue. Once China cut that off, Australia's sitting there saying, "Well, there is no recycling industry in Australia because all yeah. we've been doing is chucking it into a container and sending it to China, and China doesn't want it anymore." Well, now we've got this issue of bank building up everywhere. Jesus. Okay. Um, last few questions. My dad thinks climate change is fake and is a reoccurring weather pattern. Can you give me a quick sentence to like say to him? What would you say to him? He thinks it's So fake. my dad thinks climate change is fake and is a reoccurring weather pattern. Right. Well, climate change isn't about weather. Okay. We- we- Ooh, I like that. Okay. Weather comes and weather goes, right? Yeah. Okay, so a reoccurring weather pattern would be like he could argue that, look, there have been hot spells before, right? Uh-huh. And there have been hot spells before. But these hot spells are hotter than the previous hot spells. Mm. So last time, okay, well, it might have been 40. Well, these times it's 41 or 42 when you have a hot spell. Yeah, I have to, I have to say, like, so I remember when we were little, like, the, you'd get a 40-day, uh, like, very, very occasionally, and it was like, a, yeah. oh, my God, it's 40. Yeah, so and now it's, like, 45. Yeah, and you're right. like, oh. Exactly. So there are <laughs> reoccurring weather patterns. There always will be reoccurring yeah. weather patterns. But these are too hot. No, well, the answer is, is they've changed. They're less cold and they're more hot because the yeah. average temperature has yeah. risen. Yeah. So all you've done is basically said, well, oh, when there was cold periods, well, now it's not freezing. It's actually two or two degrees. Yeah. But when it's hot periods, and when you talk about this two degrees, that's two degrees over the average. So the world has an average temperature of, say, yeah. 18, I think. Okay. So two degrees is... Uh, 20. It's 20. Yeah, so no, two degrees would make that 20, right? But but what you're talking about that is two on 18, which is a percentage of the average. So when you get to 20, so two on 20, two, uh, 10%, of 20 is 2 degrees. No, Monica, yeah, okay. it's 20 degrees, so yeah. the average is 18, so 2 degrees yeah. is 10%. But when you get to 40 and you say you move it by 10%, uh, you've gone to 44. Uh, so what people yeah, don't yeah, understand yeah. is that it actually changes the overall percentage change. Okay. So, so it's 4 degrees. So on those hot days, it'll be vastly hotter. Got it. So the okay. weather patterns, yes, they'll always be there, but they're going to be more extreme. They'll, they'll be you know either less cold or more hot than they were in the last weather pattern. Yep. Good on you. Yep. Dad or whoever you are, you're right. You do have a recurring weather pattern, <laughs> but it's just a recurring pattern, which every time it recurs, the hotter is hotter than the last hot. Okay, okay. So last few questions. What political party should be backing? It's a personal thing, I know, but it's very overwhelming. So this is what we're saying. We need to create our own political party. The give uh, a shit party. Uh, look, I, I think that that's where people are at the moment. Yeah. I think the Labor Party um, was perceived to be a party of environmental consciousness, but it seems it's to not. have now drifted um, away from that after the election, thinking that, that it lost the election based upon taking a moral stance on climate change, Yeah. Uh, where it didn't lose the election on that. It lost the election as a result of, you know, misleading. And now there's been misleading, and, more like criminal yeah, activity. Like, you know, the Franken credit story and, you know, a few, a few bad poli- – there were a few bad policy mixes in that, in that saga mm-hmm. and a bit of – they were a bit confident, I think, in, okay. in, in relation to the end of the day. Uh, um, so I, I I don't know I don't think that I we need to create a new I, one. I think we need to th- and we need to think about is do you, do party systems work? They're not delivering the governments that we want. Yeah. So this idea of having liberal and labour, 
is that a system that's delivering the outcomes that we want? And the answer is no. No. So you can do something else. Create something else. We can end up with five parties and they have to form a coalition. Like right? like New Zealand. Like New Zealand or like many countries yeah. have coalition governments. Guys, we need to start our own party. Okay, but you have to run it down because I don't have time to run it. Okay. Um, what is the next step with helping the fire crisis happening right now, sad face? Um, well, unfortunately, it's all a little too late. These fires are going to burn um, horrifically. Um the government had the option to take earlier action in terms of bringing in extra fire, you know, uh, water bombers. Um, they had the ability to mobilise uh, the military earlier than what they did. Um, they elected not to do that. Um, unfortunately, like a fire, fires are very difficult at this stage of that nature to put out. Um, they will continue to burn, and mm-hmm. they will continue to do enormous destruction as they burn. And unless you can conjure up rain and significant rain, then there is nothing that's going to change it. But the weather forecast was always for this to be a an extended hot period and with a lot of rain. And it's been, you know, this was... So, unfortunately, the science tells you and told you a long time ago that this was going to be a problematic summer. Yeah. Like a drought-ridden summer. And if you want to put fires out, you need water. It ain't very helpful to be trying to put fires out in a drought-ridden summer. So... Okay. Um, so... It's, I mean, it's too, it I mean, is I mean, too I mean, little I mean, too late, but, but what but, can we do? Well, I, I don't understand why, for example, if, if we have a defence force, why... Look, they may not be in there dealing with the front of the fire because you may need trained fire, firemen, yeah. but they could be dealing with the mopping up operations to try and clean them up once okay. once they are under control. Yeah. You could start moving the firefighters to where the fronts are. Yeah. What um, about flying could, more of those planes with the water bombers? Planes. So Australia has planes sitting on the ground. Still? Rich, yep, they're still sitting on the ground at okay. Richmond Air Force Base. They're C-130 uh, Hercules aircraft, which they cost between $1 and $2 million to put in a firefighting unit at the back, which could then be used to deploy at the fires. Equally... I think someone rang up the U.S. Uh, forestry department. Mm-hmm. that have eight of them ready, equipped to go. They could have been flown here in two days. So how, they are fully available. They are so fully angry. Available. He's so angry. So how can we get Scott Morrison, Dick Muncher, to come over to, well, to, to seven, do it? There's 77 firefighting planes on the ground in Europe. So because how can we get how can we get these aircrafts over here dumping water well, on the fires? Well, it would have been a telephone call. So how can we pressure ScoMo to actually get off his ass and do something, pick up his hand and phone someone? I think there's a lot of well, if you if I mean I only follow Twitter, yeah, but there's been a lot of discussion about you know this, but a lot of people are thinking it is too late. I mean, even firefighting when you have a yeah, you know, it's a bit like dealing with a house fire, right? Yeah. If you have a house fire and it's in one room, that's containable, right? You can yeah. Deal, you can deal with that, right? Yeah. Um, when the whole house is on fire, you can have the fire truck holding there with a hose and it ain't going to make any difference. In one yeah. room, it can make a difference. When the whole house is on fire, your hose ain't going to be big enough. Well, this is my thing. You're, you're seeing these firefighters with these hoses, and I'm like, dude, the hose ain't doing anything. These fires are roaring. That's right. They're not doing anything, Monica. They're not. They're, it's, it's, it's they're wasting not. more water, almost. Well, it's not wasting water, but, but the question is, is, like, what are you doing? So if the ecosystem's now been smashed and the animals now have no water and it hasn't rained, and they can't get any foliage either. There's no green grass. So how are they even animals getting any moisture? If anything lived, whether it be a lizard or an animal, yeah. you know, if anything's left after that... It'd be a fucking miracle. Yeah, no, no, no. But there are things that are alive, but there's no water for them either. Right. So, I don't know. You know, people have got to be, be productive here in relation to... So we need to get ScoMo to 
put down his fucking ego and get Europe to bring over their planes and well, to America to bring well, up over our planes. Well, no, at the moment, I think you've almost you've almost passed that point as far as that intent. Oh, so even the planes might not... The planes yeah, would be good for the purposes of minimising loss of property, as in houses, because okay. you could water bomb housing areas. Okay. But in terms of the loss of the ecosystem and our forests, right. this is almost a write-off. And then the unfortunate is that people aren't thinking about, well, what's left there? And, you know, should they be out hosing, you know, providing water troughs or something yeah. to the animals until such time as we get a break in the rain. Lots of people have been saying, make sure you leave water out and stuff in your houses for animals. Koalas are, like, coming in people's backyards and whatnot. That's right. Well, they could be actually setting them up along the sides of roads. Of roads, yeah. You know, they could be doing something productive. People want to do something, but they feel that they can't. But they can't, you know, you know, I don't know. Okay. With some leadership, there's a lot that could be done. Okay, so just to end this off on a positive note, what we need to be doing is not voting for Liberals and creating our own reform party, so using your vote because that's really important. We can also be leaving bowls of water out, like dog bowls of water out for koalas and whatnot on the street or outside the front of your house. Might be, yeah, but again, if the government could basically do a deal with Bunnings and say, everybody, you can go into Bunnings and, you and can, get free things. And, and you and can go and pick up these things and this is how you install them wherever you are. Right. You know, and, you know, and you can also buy, you know, if, well, if the farm express, you get these, these, these crates, which are... Oh, like those tub things? Yeah, the big... You know, but you, we could, you know, people want to do things and mm. they should do things. And, and look, if two more lizards survive, well, that's a pair of lizards. Well, yeah. We may be able to have a thing. So to say nothing works, oh, it makes no difference. It was a bit like that's when bullshit. all the fish were dying in the rivers because of yeah. lack of oxygen. All they needed to do was rather than you, they could have taken those water pumps, those irrigation pumps, and turned them around so they pumped water out of the river and threw it in the air and put it back in the river and it would have oxida- o- you know, put created oxygen, oxygen through, it. through it. Wow. But that's again, simple. No, no leadership. No leadership. The government could have said, we're going to deal with this meter issue in relation mm. to your water pumps. We'll deal with the electricity issue, but you have to start pumping water out of the river and returning yeah. it. Okay. Aerated back into the river to try and keep some of our native species and our fish alive. But they don't think... Right, so and, I know, and yeah, people yeah. say it's all you know, it's all pathetic. It won't work, and the answer is, well, it, it will work. work. It if if, if a hundred thousand people did it, it would work. It's worthwhile trying. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So what's exactly. your alternative here? I know. What's your so alternative? Sarah Wilson talked about like you know you need to write to your local politician. Like, is that does that actually work if they just throw the fucking letter in the bin because they don't give a shit? One, and two, like in in terms of pressuring ScoMo to do something or anybody to do something, what would be the best way for us to pressure him? into actually giving a shit. I really like, I really like the name of this political party, Give a Shit. <laughs> I'm totally rolling with it, guys. <laughs> well, you know, you would hope that the, the, the politicians will be taking a view, I think ScoMo will be taking a view that, oh, sooner or later, you know, rain will come and people will forget. <laughs> um, you need to pledge to him that you won't forget. Um, okay. That you will vote differently at the next election and regardless of what spin and crap they tell you at the next so election. So we start, start a position? Well, you can start a petition or you can make it your own decision. I mean, you know, the question is... Let's start a petition. I'm going to get Shelby to start one and we can all sign it. Well, you know, that's it. You can start that, but equally people can make a conscious decision now at this time and say to themselves they're not going to change that decision regardless of the circumstance. Is that this has just gone too far and hold themselves accountable to make sure that they they vote in a certain way at the next election. Yeah. And hold themselves to it. Mm. 
on, you know, write write themselves a note, write themselves their own. Well, I think I think pledge if I, to vote differently. This is what okay, I'll, what I'll get election. Shelby to do is yeah, make this pledge where you sign it, and to, it's like a and your if you're going to say anything to your member of parliament, do you know what you say to him? I voted for you last year. If you did, and I guarantee you, and I pledge, I will not vote for you mm. at the next election unless there is. The following, you know, unless unless you take climate change seriously, yeah. Okay, so this. But is, again, and here is they my could be pledge. misleading and deceptive about it because they told us they were well, taking it seriously. Hopefully, know, people are not going to fall for the same trick. You know, last than um, they did last time. And, and politicians yeah. rely on people falling for the same trick every time. Let's because all vote for Dad, guys. That's the solution here. <laughs> that is the solution. That's the end. Long podcast. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dad. No worries. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode. I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are. 